What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Overdrive Podcast. My name's Ahmad. Hey guys, it's Hayden. And we are back. It's uh it's been a long week, a lot of things going on. What's been up with uh what's been up with you, Hayden? Oh, not much, just uh, wrenching and working. I got the uh, Desert Fox done at work, which is a 78K10. That's a special edition done by Hickey, uh, and it's the Desert Fox edition. It's super rare. It's the only fleet side known around, and uh, I put off-road design springs on it made by Alcan Spring, Bilstein Shocks, and uh, it really it really moves. I'm really happy with it. It's really cool. That's cool. We got to get a uh, Instagram post of of that thing up on on our page so everyone can see it. Uh, oh yeah, things awesome. I mean, you've yeah, been sending I'll... me some Snapchat videos and everything like that. It's it's a cool rig. Oh yeah, you can turn off the road into the desert at fifty miles an hour and not lift. Now, um, I'll post a I'll post something on Instagram to link to the the shop's account so you can creep all the pictures of the truck and the progressions it's gone through. It's gone from a twelve inch lift on Swampers down to a two inch lift on like springs that aren't made of wood um on 33s which is uh pretty cool you got that that new lift kit off of a like a rust bucket truck that you just pulled in what was it like a couple months ago right or oh, the am rust... i thinking of something else no you are you're thinking the right thing so the rust bucket truck showed up stock height and that's we call that faulkner because uh, we got it from a guy named Jess Faulkner, who did backhoe service. And we got the paperwork from him buying it new in 73 with his wife's name on there and everything. So I took the six inch lift off the Desert Fox and the Swampers, and I put them on this rusty truck, which I actually just got uh, like drivable today because it leaked every fluid. So I just stopped it leaking coolant and power steering. So now it's drivable because you can fill everything else up. Are the floorboards on that thing all rusted out too? No, it's desert rust. So it's like not from precipitation. So the interior is mint and just where silt collected in mm-hmm. the cavities of the fenders in the bed, that held moisture. So that rusted. But the parts where you would normally see rust like East Coast or north of, in the northern parts of the country where the, the tire spray is or leaks in the cab. Nope. It's got pristine blue paint. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, there's no rain, right? So yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's better than that. Uh that extra that you have now i was i was stunned when i saw that thing they're like look at the rust on the floor i was like what rust and it's just license plates and i pick up the license plates and the entire floorboard is just missing that's ohio rust oh was that an ohio car Uh, it was bought in uh the bay area taken to ohio and then brought back to the bay area after like 20 years so 20 years of ohio salt and snow really did a number on it but it's like my comanche that came from massachusetts i did the whole floors bed fenders rockers and that thing and that was yeah that that the places that get salt get bad rust you know my jk is actually from ohio too oh wow but it's so new yeah so like i don't see rust on it yeah yeah no you you get them out early it's okay but it's the coolest thing is when you see a 90s jeep in there sticker the barcode sticker is still on the diff because it's a california jeep like my xj oh yeah yeah i mean even the the sticker they stuck on at the factory stayed on because there's literally nothing to wear it off yeah that, i mean that makes a lot of sense honestly yeah 300k it's still there it's collectible yeah it's going to be matching numbers uh, i think my matching numbers have gone out the window with two engines three transmissions and three sets of axles huh and then you've got the spares all waiting to go in eventually. Oh, I've got 
two more two more sets uh, if I need, and I have six more transmissions and two more engines. They always got to be prepared. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the cheapest way to drive something that's fun, fun and uh, yeah, reliable if you have all the bits. What's what's your cheap, reliable uh, car, not SUV or truck that you would pick up car? right now? If yeah. I went, if I was going out right now and I wanted the most reliable thing, and yeah. I don't, and what am I using it for? Just like a like a sedan? Uh, it could be sedan, coupe, whatever you want. Just well, something that you would use like as a daily as a car. Right. You want to guess my answer? Five forty. M5 oh. E39. How are you calling that reliable? It's a V8. It goes. Okay. No, no, no. Well, your definition of reliable and mine is different, BMW man. <laughs> <laughs> my definition of reliable is my 12 valve. So I would say a Mark One Rabbit TDI. Oh, well, those things, I guess they are very reliable. Don't <laughs> reliable. Yeah, for every 70,000 miles, the engine needs to come out of my car because it needs a clutch and a rear main and rod bearings. Hey, how about how about this, actually? If you were not a car guy and you were recommending a new car to somebody, what would you recommend for them to get? They just needed it for, you know, I've got this. commute from A to B and they don't care about performance they don't care about anything really they just want something that's nice and that will get them from place to place i have the best answer to this under 30 grand yeah i have it i literally have it under 20. okay my buddy matt who lives in bend with zeb um Mm -hmm. his girlfriend has a chevy spark which isn't electric at all but it's 16 grand brand new and it's a brand new car with a warranty and it's got all of the like entertainment bits that somebody would care about who's like wouldn't really know about anything car related. It's got air conditioning and heat <laughs> <laughs> and power windows. So what I'm looking for is so my buddy totaled his car. Uh are you on last, about Marshall? I am actually. Oh what do you have a Ford? What was that? Fusion? Yeah, 2012 Fusion that he bought like I think it was like a year old. It had like maybe 20,000 miles on it or something. And Ooh, I didn't realize he bought that so new. That thing's hammered. Yeah, no, it's it was like actually pristine when he picked it up. And then over the years, <laughs> just destroyed it more and more. A cop I actually people... backed into his rear door like six months ago, and he just never did anything about it, even though the city's offering to pay him money for it. Oh, dude, I wish people could envision this car. Just think about like... Think about a fusion driven by like a 17 year old girl who's like drunk all the time. That's like about what you could do. Well, it's, I mean, it's the same thing. It's just you know, a 25 year old man that can't really drive all that well. <laughs> I just love his commitment to just driving it into the ground. Dude. It, I mean, I have to respect that, honestly. Oh, I have since day one. I've been like, yeah, dude, it gets you from A to B. Just drive the thing as much as you can and give at least cares about it as possible like it's just a ford economy car like who cares yeah he's looking so he's looking for something that will like have in-car entertainment that's like futuristic that's the word that he keeps using he's gonna have to buy another ford you realize that no i'm thinking like a honda accord or civic Ah, those interiors are actually like they're fairly nice the brand new ones yeah, I just haven't been in any Hondas newer than like 07, and I hate that era. The the newest one I've been in was a 13, and it's got like 
the oh wait i lied like 360 cams like on the um you know on the wing mirrors and everything so like when you put your turn signal on to make a right turn it like puts the camera on so you can make sure you're not gonna like run over anybody yeah no actually i've been in i've, I've take that back i've been in them because of the body shop and if someone who has a few collisions buy a honda they're way easier to fix you could literally take the bumpers off with a phillips it's great they're made for people to crash them yeah but i mean what i think would be good for this guy too is that because it's got all these cameras and like tech bits on it it'll help him not like run the car into a pole every like other week you know Mm, they're only there if you pay attention to them i just like think that i don't know i would rather get a freaking chevy spark if i'm going for something boring rather than pay double well i mean it's not double is it like the brand new ones are what 26 grand 27 grand i'm talking about 16 imagine when he pays all the fees and then gets out the door from a twenty six thousand dollar car yeah i guess you could buy an eve 92 m3 yeah right the think about what you could buy for 30 g's (laughs) Dude, honestly, I was thinking about this the other day, and I don't feel like there's that much anymore that's like that that really is a great bang for your buck for 30 G's because everything's just soaring up in value. It's ridiculous. Oh, 50, every car you want 50 G's. Yeah. Everything. I don't yeah. care what it is. If you're looking for a, a family wagon, which they don't make wagons anymore, it'd be a crossover egg thing on stilts. Mm-hmm. Uh, an SUV, which is loosely applied unless it's a Toyota 4Runner. Um or anything literally anything's 50 grand you could name any genre of car which is crazy and everything's big nowadays too like all your sedans are massive too much safety stuff and too they're restricting how your shoulder can be in the car and uh compared to the windows so the windows are getting smaller so then they need more cameras because people can't see out of them (laughs) which adds more weight because there's more computers and then you have to run multiple batteries for all this electronics it's just like Give me back the freaking 80s XJ that looks like a fishbowl that has one computer and one battery and fits five people in it and a dog and skis and you can tow a jet ski behind it and drive to Tahoe. Needs one sensor to actually work to fire up the truck and go. Oh, yeah. And it's like literally the size smaller than a new RAV4. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like smaller, and it, you'd sit in the back nicer than the RAV4 because my head rubs a roof in a RAV4. Yeah, everything's got slanted roof lines and everything nowadays, too. Yeah, it's all the safety crap, too. It's like yeah. crazy. I don't get ten, it. Ten the, airbags and all that. The new 3 Series BMWs are four inches shorter than an E39 5 Series from the early 2000s. Yeah, and that was a big, big saloon. That was like the yeah. big car. Yeah. And now, and now that's like your base model sized car, which is yeah, that's nuts like the teenage girl BMW, like the three twenty eight that like they're gonna get with a convertible. Like that's the size of an E thirty nine. That's insane. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, and they're all so heavy now too. And it goes back to the safety regulations you were talking about and everything. But... Yeah. So you think if, instead of the Chevy Spark thing, you would buy a like a, a Honda? Yeah, I mean. Honestly, not for Marshall specifically, I'm just saying in general, if you had, if you were not a car person, like you said to me, and you had to buy a cheap car to drive to work, you would get that, not like a Versa? No, because a Versa is like, Versas are ugly and always have been ugly. 
Yeah, but so is a Chevy truck. It's just insanely cheap and good on fuel and brand new. Yeah, I mean, if I didn't care about looks and I didn't care about like what a car gave me, then I guess like. Do they still make a Yaris? That's a good question. I don't know if they do. Remember Top Gear playing the soccer with the Yaris? That made me want one. That made me want one. That was a perfect stunt to make me go, oh, that's cool. I have a buddy uh, who's got an old Yaris like that. And I mean, big fella. So like he barely fits in it, but I still don't like those things, honestly. You're not supposed to like them. It's like, <laughs> it's like a stove or a microwave. You don't, it really is. You're just like, Oh, it does this with this, 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 you know, it's not half bad if you are moderately into cars, but you don't have money to spend, but you also want something that's brand new for like somewhat cheap or golf. No, the Kia Stinger. I do not like to read things. Neither do I, but it's like you get the same power as an E46M and you get more torque. I'd rather walk and push my E46M than drive my Kia. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, so would I, but like if I'm, not, <laughs> if I'm not a car guy and I'm like trying to get something new that's like kind of sporty. That's like the guys who buy the BRZs. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, very true. That's that market. I just don't understand it. If you were actually going to go for something like that, that new 400Z that they came out with looks epic. I I still don't know much about those. It's uh, it's, it's a bit hush-hush, but it's going to have a manual. I heard that. It's, and is a it, twin turbo V6. Is it going to make upper threes or is it going to be like 400 horsepower i can't remember what the power levels are supposed to be Ooh, i don't think it's 400 i think it's upper threes upper threes would make sense but, but that's going to be if, a you, if you compare it to a brz and your kia hyundai thing yeah it's way cooler well that's if you're going for a coupe say you need four doors you got Ooh, like a family or you know, something doors. like that. that i know e39 e34 <laughs> four doors okay I don't know. I've never really kept anything else to ask four doors. I don't need it. I don't want it. I think, I think one of the only four door cars that I'll have, like once I'm a family man down the line, mm-hmm. CTSV wagon. Oh, I thought you were going to say an E an E63 E55 type deal. No, I like the CTSV. That oh, I'd still rather have a Merc than a CTSV. I don't know. I mean, the, I, the I'd C- rather. I you know the Cadillac thing's cool. But I'm not really a Cadillac guy. I couldn't really see myself driving a Cadillac or having a key with a badge on. But yeah. I can see myself in an E63. Yeah, I mean, those are those are really nice cars. <laughs> yeah, but a CTS, if price-wise, you're not that far off it. Yeah, I guess that's true. But the uniqueness of a CTSV wagon is really cool, and they don't make many of them. Um, oh, you said the wagon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we can't get the E63 wagon, can we? Um, you can get an E50. No, you can. You can get an older E63 wagon, right? Yeah, I'm talking like the newer ones that would be like a Gen 2 CTS feed. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But yeah, if we, yeah, yeah, wagon just, is cool. I don't care what wagon you have. If it's a Volvo, if it's a Passat wagon with a TDI in it, if it's got a if it's a wagon, it's cool. I used to. I think the wagon I'm talking about is still like 20, 2012, maybe like that, that generation. I'm not sure which one it is actually, but it's the one that was still offered with the six speed in it. Yeah. 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 That's like the generation of E-class wagon. You yeah. Think. Yeah. 
those are it's really cool yeah that is cool um that is cool but i don't know i still yeah i still uh, i enjoy the thought of having a high-powered mercedes e or s class if you're going to be sensible which i don't know how you can i don't know how i can call that sensible but that's sensible enough for me you know they're coming out with a uh, mercedes pickup truck very soon off the g-wagon uh no so the g-wagon's already got it's like pickup i guess it's like is that variant of the six by six looks like an avalanche no it looks like a g oh the 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 new one that i'm talking about no i mean the g-wagon one is this little tiny bed looks like avalanche no this one looks exactly like an avalanche honestly (laughs) he goes no 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 it's like they got the guy from chevy and said hey you want to live in germany and make us a german (laughs) avalanche (laughs) yeah exactly what they did and then they're throwing like an 800 horsepower power plant into it. So it's like a Volkswagen Amrock with 800 horsepower? Pretty much. Well, that's cool. I kind of like the Amrock. I watched some Australian tests on it. It mm. has its place. I think it has its place in Europe and Oz and stuff. So my uh, my buddy's grandpa is, he's about to put an order in for one. And uh, how much are they? So base, base model, uh, it's like a it look I get it's got the front end of a GLE or a GL, right? But yeah, yeah. Then yeah. they just like kind of chopped the the rear half off and or like extended it and made it a pickup. Yeah, like the guys who take their back windows and their ZJs and XJs and saws all at one night after too many twisted T's. It's like that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, base model for the highest horsepower one is seventy eight grand. Jesus. I mean, yeah. honestly, compared to a Range Rover Sport. And you get a bed. You get a bed. And compared to a range, it's not that bad. You don't get to be like, I drive a Range Rover. But yeah. you drive a Mercedes. It's cool. Exactly. Exactly. And it's got 800 horsepower. Right. Which the uh, the sports don't. But they do sound like little Hellcats, them Range Rovers. What did I hear the other day? Oh, it was when I was at the track last week. Uh, there was this Audi S4. What was generation? A- it was one of the newer ones. I want to say it was like a 14 or something. Oh, okay. and yeah, I know the one. It had the loudest supercharger whine I've ever heard on any Audi. Like They're I supercharged? I, yeah, some of them I are. I thought they were turbos. No, some the I think that generation is still supercharged. Either way, whichever one this was uh was, it was supercharged because the blower on that thing was insanely loud. And I was just stunned. I was like, there's no way this thing's stock. Oh, it's like you put a traffic cone on the air intake so it echoes. Probably. Yeah, big trumpet. People do that. Do Does putting a smaller pulley make your supercharger a bit louder too? Because now it's spinning harder. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. I mean, it's like a turbo when you create more boost. It's like, yeah, yeah it's going to get louder because it's working harder. So maybe he's just got pulleys on it and then, you know, did what you said. Best supercharger noise, E55. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, those are just epic. And oh, you yeah. change the pulley on one of those, snap, bang, boom, you're moving. I mean, exactly. you're already moving, but just to get that number five mark at the front of your horsepower number is pretty cool. Those things are ridiculously torquey. It's insane. It's a blown V8. It's just like it's going to rip tires off of it. <laughs> like It's awesome. How come people are moving more towards turbocharging V8s instead of supercharging V8s nowadays? Um, well, I like turbos um turbos are efficient they're hard to package compared to a supercharger 
they don't get things as hot as superchargers. So you don't need crazy cooling system. Mm-hmm. And they're actually pretty efficient. Like if, if you're trying to meet EPA standards and things, um, using a bit of turbos and getting them set up right works. Yeah, I just always thought that superchargers are better for bigger displacement motors. That's not particularly true. It just depends on what you want to do with your big inch engine. Like if you want instant torque off the bottom and you want this violence of the supercharger and you want it to be small with packaged and you don't care about um, how much heat it'll bring into the engine and figuring out inner cooling and all that, then that's perfect. But if you want like a touring car that the boost can come in in the thousand RPM, 15 later in the RPM and you, the thing's got legs and you can mm-hmm. mount an air to air intercooler on the front of it and you can tuck the turbos away. Um, then you do that. It's just, it's just a, there's two different distinct uses really. This is reminding me for some reason, um, since we're on the topic of superchargers, uh, this guy that I met at the track, not, not this past week, but it was a couple weeks back. Uh, he had a Oh nine, maybe 10, um, Shelby, uh, GT 500. And it was, it was one of the blown ones. Right. So talk about violence. Yeah. And then he calls me over as this older guy. And I was like, yeah, like, you know, what can I help you with? And he's like pointing to this one gauge in the dash. He's like, what is this gauge? What does this do for me? (laughs) It's the boost gauge, isn't it? Yeah. It it literally says PSI zero 15 top. And he's like, "It, it never moves. Like, what does it do? It never moved. Well, yeah, it just the, the the gauge was broken. The supercharger worked. Oh, I was like, what happened? Yeah, no, no, no. The supercharger worked, but the gauge was just broken. He's like, it never moves, but I was like, that's that's PSI, that's your boost gauge. And he's like, Well, what for? What is boost? He's like, What's boost? Like, what do you mean boost? <laughs> I was like, No. <laughs> what did he say? I don't need boost. He's like, what is like, what do I need boost for? Like, what is that for? Oh, everything. You should did you tell him that? Did you tell him everything needs it? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, literally. yeah, hey, dude, everything. If you can get it, do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good on you. <laughs> Those things get really, really hot on track, though. That's what I'm saying is like yeah. if you if it was a turbo car, mm-hmm. you could do much longer laps. You know, you can set it up way better. But then you start to get heat soak a lot faster with turbo cars. And if it's a hot day out, then you know, you're not getting as much, like, you're not compressing as much air because it's just not as dense. Yeah, same as a blower, though. It's taking the same air and pushing yeah. it. It's just, you have to have better inner cooling, better flow, keep the EGTs down, all those yeah. types of things. It's yeah. just a, it's a, you know, it's it's all a big engineering thing. Um, but in general, it's like, you know, that's how it goes. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So hey, I've so- got a... I've got a thing here for you. Before we start our review and discussion of this vehicle, um, I want to know from you, what do you think the best real SUV that you can buy in America is today? American SUV? No, not American, but that you can buy in this country. Like I'm saying, you can't say, oh, a 200 series Land Cruiser with the twin turbo diesel from Australia or the, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the troopy wagon 70 series from Oz. You know, you can't say that, but something you could go out to your dealership, you know, down the road now, buy. Mm. 
And um, uh, Jeeps are kind of uh, out of it because it is an SUV, but it isn't. I'm talking like a traditional SUV that's like in between a Jeep and a crossover, you know? Um, I honestly really like the uh, the fifth gen Forerunner TRDs. I know the trans will kind of give out on you. Well, it's not, but... it's not all of them. It's a spook thing, a fluke yeah. thing. Uh, and my mom's is giving up at 120K, which is like, if it was a Ford, I'd be okay with it, but it's a Toyota. Yeah. But that is my answer as well. It's, oh, not yeah, a, really? it's not a TRD specifically, but any Forerunner from 2010, the brand new, that, that generation is awesome. I really enjoy it. They, they are good SUVs and they put in insane amounts of work. Like they are super, super capable at pretty much everything yeah i mean they i me and you have literally done 120 miles an hour in it yep right and it's electronically limited to that right we would have pushed it but we couldn't oh yeah and then we've gone to mammoth wheeling we've gone to tahoe we've gone mud bogging in it it's towed my xj it's put dirt bikes on the back it's gone in pismo dunes it's gone to lassen it's gone everywhere i mean you name it that thing's gone and it just goes and goes and goes but that's my point is that there's but there's no more body on frame simple suvs and then on on top of all of that the thing's bone stock aside from tires yeah uh the what's it called the k uh krs system it has uh those shocks that share oil and are valved electronically because it, it's a limited spec it was supposed mm-hmm. to be fancy for ride and stuff so they failed uh which are known to fail so it's got bill stein 5100s on it and bfgs and it's literally done 140k now with only brakes tires oil changes when does it slip it has it's it's uh, I wouldn't call it a slip because it doesn't feel like when your Dodge transmission slips, which every <laughs> everyone who owns one knows that feeling. But um, it's like a it's a judder of the clutch pack trying to grab like when your dirt bike clutch oh. is worn out and it goes because the I transmission gotcha. it's a five speed, but instead of your like traditional like uh 4l80 turbo 400 uh mm-hmm. dodge transmission where it has a band and a clutch and then clutch packs and a band to to generate all these different gears it literally has five clutch packs i got it they're like a dirt bike clutch so yeah. one of those at like 30 miles an hour which second or third is uh chattering and grabbing which is the friction material is gone um which I don't know if the random uh, four low mud bog traction control off paddle shifting or the 120 mile an hour pulls did it, but uh, I'm sure it wasn't any of those things. Yeah, it couldn't have been. <laughs> it couldn't have been. There was no way at all. Seven people, a buck 20 down the freeway. <laughs> Never, Absolutely ever. not. No, what? An SUV should do that. Yeah, but I mean, other than that, like they, they are really good and if I was going to get like a small pickup, I think the, the new Tacomas are phenomenal as well. They do work well. I just, uh, I don't like when people overload them. Overload or overland, did you say? Over, well, not both, but 
overload. It's like they buy uh, one and then they put these massive heavy wheels on it and then they put big tires on it and then they put two bumpers on it and they put racks on it and they put toolboxes in it. And my mom's forerunner literally gets 16 miles to gallon, no matter how you drive it. So your Tacoma goes from getting that to then adding a thousand pounds of crap to it and then driving it every day. It's like you might as well own a 90s 464 because you're getting 10 miles a gallon. Yeah. But um, but they are good. I do think they're good. Just leave them alone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Those are those are still offered with a manual too, aren't they? Yeah. But if I was getting a manual mini truck, I would still go buy a Nissan Frontier. <laughs> I don't really like those, honestly. Oh, it's peeved me though. They used to start at 16K, but in 2019 they went up to 21. Robin bastards. It's inflation inflation yeah i mean covid taxation you can't get um you can't get the basic one anymore it has to have alloy wheels i'm like i don't want alloy wheels I want so, cheap the one that aaron had was a complete base model right that's the one you could get for 16 that was like four banger stick shift extended cab uh six or six foot bed full six foot bed mm-hmm. uh, stick just basic 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 and it was great crank windows Crank windows, yeah, remember that? And flip down cool. seats like a 90s S10. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I mean, that's if you need a mini truck or a work truck or your pool boy or landscaper or anything. <laughs> I mean, even if you're a detailer, a mobile detailer, that's a good truck. I mean, it gets you around and it does the job for sure. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to go buy a 90s Toyota pickup that someone's asking eight grand for, you know? <laughs> it's like you could just pay double that and get a brand new one. Even then, they're worth more. Those '90s Tacomas are like eleven, twelve grand for oh, the first. I was gen. talking. I was talking like a third gen Hilux. I wasn't talking a freaking Tacoma. <laughs> Tacoma is like just you have to buy the Frontier. <laughs> oh yeah. Like unless you want to like I don't know why you would want the Tacoma. I guess it comes with a diff locker. Yeah, some of them. So only some of them. Yeah. So only some you, of them. Hey, unless you pull a John and if you pull a John, <laughs> good on you. 400 K or a Nick to cool with a 340 K one. That's where it's at. Oh yeah. Just buy the highest mileage thing you can. Oh yeah. So coming out of this conversation with our SUV topic, there is in 2023, there's going to be the Ineos Grenadier from Europe. That's coming to the U S and it's going to be a body on frame four-door wagon SUV that has two solid axles, a turbo diesel option, and a straight six gas engine option. And the engines are both made by BMW. It's kind of a Frankenstein car in in a sense. It is. It is. And it makes you very happy that it has BMW engines done it. It does, honestly. And the the diesel (laughs) option is really, really interesting to me. Oh, oh, the diesel option was the nail in the coffin for me. It's like... It's like a forerunner with a solid axle with diesel. Yeah. The yeah. only thing missing is a stick, but I understand why they didn't do that. I mean, everyone's moving away from manuals. I know. That's why I understand it. Yeah. So uh, it's not it's not surprising. And they're using a ZF8 speed that goes behind the BMW. So you can you could buy those in a box from BMW ready to go plant them in, which is awesome because it's easier for them and it's easier for the customer on their wallet, right? And those eight speeds are honestly pretty good transmissions. It sounds like, like a lot of gears to me. It's like fast and furious, but I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, the more gears you have, like you don't have to rev out as much. Like you get torque where you need it and, you know, oh, and the power's both always there. Yeah, yeah, that's You got to stay in the boost. An auto with multiple gears and you can stay in the boost. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, from what I was looking at them, 
they look like a Defender 110 crossed with a Russian military vehicle. Would you say that's pretty accurate? Yeah, more so on the Defender side. You know, it's it's pretty much an exact replica of a Defender 110. Which Just personally, more... I think that's what they should have done with the Defender line instead of making it an Evoke. But I don't think the new Defenders are more like an Evoke. They those things are honestly really respectable. Um, well, you, they, you know, they couldn't not be, but it's also like you can see, you know, Jeep hasn't changed their architecture. They just evolve and yeah. make things better and stay true to what they're doing. But it's then like, you know, they stuck with the Defender line for what was that, 60 years or something? I think so. It was literally like 60 years, like from the series one and two up. Yeah. With the headlights that were in the grill, <laughs> then they were moved to the fenders, you know. Now, they haven't released any interior photos of what this thing looks like on the inside. No, uh, I was uh, I was researching that. Uh, that's going to be a big aspect because like people uh, like my mom who are coming from a forerunner, which is pretty luxurious inside in my book. I don't think they want to get in something that is like a Nissan Frontier. So they need to balance that because they've done the exterior styling. So they've got a guy who worked on the G-Wagon um, and they've got a bunch of other european engineers and so it it looks quite trendy and nice on the outside i think so it could be that for people um but they also need to appeal to the guys who want more rugged stuff well, so that's going to be the balance they have to walk that type of tightrope it's also all going to depend on where they set their price point to be you know Ooh, i think it's going to be expensive you do it's a BMW-powered Defender 110. Think about that. Yeah, I mean, it, it does make sense. If anything, if it's already got a BMW power plant, I'd feel like they'd go for kind of a X-series interior from BMW as well. But yeah. I could be, I could be completely wrong about that. You still have the guy from Mercedes uh, designing the G-Wagon on this car. So it yeah, could he- have somewhat of a G-Wagon interior too. Yeah, it's also run by a bunch of English dudes who named the car after the pub they were in when yep. <laughs> they thought up the idea. So they're also they're, they might be they might have to be a bit on both sides. But from what I read, they're going to do a steel wheeled stripped out version, which is going to be that side of it. The Defender Land Rover like English farmers can use it. And then they're doing an alloy wheeled version which I presume will be the forerunner-y thing. Uh, if they could make the interior like an SR5 forerunner now, which like doesn't have climate control, but has Apple CarPlay, Bluetooth, and cloth seats, if they could do that with a leather option, it would, it would fit a lot of the market. Have you seen the... Uh, uh, when you sent me this, this SUV, it got me thinking about uh, this variant of the G wagon that they've, uh, I think Brabus makes it. Yeah, it is Brabus who makes it. Oh, uh, I've seen that thing. They've like armored the entire thing and then completely changed up the interior to have like, you know, their seats almost like a Humvee where they're kind of like inside the body and they've oh, got yeah. five points like for each seat. Right. Um, they could, they could go in that route too, but I highly doubt it. <laughs> No, I think it's going to be farmer, vinyl floor, uh, plus seats, radio, maybe Bluetooth. 
that yes, type of deal? They did say that they were going to have a, it was going to be capable of having, you know, the owner, you know, rinsing out the tub if need be. So it will have drain plugs and everything. So vinyl floors are, yeah, exactly. are definitely a big possibility. Um, um, I just hope, I really hope that they, use it to have those two aspects they need to do both they need to have the guy like me or you having it to like move dirt bikes around and daily drive and go off-road and go camping and and they also need it for the people who want to do that like twice a year and drive it on the street the rest of the time which from reading it sounds like that's what they're planning to do yeah their engineers and testers have stated that they're going to be covering 1.1 million miles across 15 different countries to make sure that this thing can withstand literally whatever they've already started in death Valley. I Uh, watched a video from six months ago where the guy had already covered 1.8 million kilometers in one. Wow. Yeah. Which is awesome. I love that testing. They're taking it to multiple continents. Well, so how long has this thing been in development for then? Three years so far. And they're not going to release it for another two? Uh, Europe's getting it first. We're getting it in 2023. Okay, so then... Yeah. So I'm surprised I, that we don't know what the interior looks like at this point. I know, yeah. Well, they, they really, uh, you know, under the covers with it. They were like that with the exterior as well. I mean, you know, they're not like a new car manufacturer where there's this big debut and all that. Like yeah. A big, a big manufacturer. But they, they have been... You know, they're just not there yet. They're a small company, which I like, honestly. I like that they're like based out of Wales mm-hmm. and they are manufactured in Austria and there's like less people working on it. And uh, there's a tractor company, Magna, working in Austria on it. Like, it, it's cool. Uh, axle wise, it looks like it's using the Dana 44 variants from a JL, what was six lug outers on it. Uh, which is kind of cool because it's another off-the-shelf part they can buy that we have lots of parts for in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Also, they are keeping both diffs off-center like a Land Rover. What's the uh, what's the benefit to that? I'm not I'm not uh, too knowledgeable on that. So, if you ask a Land Rover guy, it makes an insane amount of difference. <laughs> he'd be insanely capable wherever you go. You ask any other normal four-wheel drive guy, they're like, oh. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's basically so as you straddle the obstacle with the front tires, you can know where the diff is. So if you clear it on the front, you clear it on the back. But most people just smash the back diff into whatever and drag it over because your front's already over. So you're good to go. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It makes it easier to have a two-wheel drive variant because then you have the rear diff. You don't have to change it. Yeah. But they're not They're not going to have them. Like Land Rover didn't have a two-wheel drive one, right? Um they actually, uh, in uh, they created their own transfer case for this thing. Oh, really? They didn't buy one, and it's gear driven, no chain. That's interesting. How cool is that? So they they really looked into it. So it's it's offset, like I said, mm-hmm. gear driven, uh, mechanically controlled with push pull cables. Oh, that's nice. Like the setups you can get from like advanced adapters and stuff for your rock crawlers and four-wheel drives, which is yeah. really cool because it's bulletproof. And it has all-wheel drive mode, which is on the street with an open diff in the transfer case. And then you pull a cable, a lever, to lock it into four high. And then you pull another one to lock it into low or high. That's really cool. That's like a... That's going to affect the market for who's going to be buying this thing 
honestly. Well, an SR5 Forerunner is mechanically shifted. Yeah, but you don't have to. You don't have to lock into four high or four low. Yeah, you do. Separate. Well, not separately, with different levers. It's all part oh, of. Oh, it's just it's just two levers. You have to do a J shaped thing in the Toyota, like, and you have yeah. to stop it. You have to stop in the Toyota. You don't have to do in the Grenadier. Mm. Mm, I wonder. I wonder what the T case ratio is going to be on this. Ooh, I wonder too. I tried to look for diff ratios and transfer case ratios, but I could not find them. What's the What's the highest ratio now that's offered by a manufacturer from factory? Is it the uh, it, two something, two seventy something for a new new process? Mm. I mean, the highest low range I can think of is like the two hundred threes and two hundred fives that are like two to one. Mm. Which with a big with a big eight speed auto and a torque converter, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be bad. You could do that. You could have a really low first gear, and you can cushion it with a torque converter, and you can have only two to one. Are these, do you think these are going to be only offered in a four door variant or do you think they'll make a two door variant of these as well? So, variant wise, I didn't hear anything about a two door because I, I don't know, probably only I would want a two door one. Um, yeah. Like, literally, I'm the guy who wants like a patrol shorty and a two door XJ <laughs> and like two door everything short. Um, but they're doing the four door wagon. Mm-hmm. With this bar- with barn doors on the back, which is cool, and the left barn door opens independently of the one with the wheel on it, so you can. They said they designed it so you could open it and grab your small red toolbox and slide it in the back and close the door easily. Which I like that. That's a thing that's cool. That is um, cool. But they're gonna make a dual cab Ute. I did. I am seeing. I'm looking at a photo of that right now, and I don't know if I like that too much, honestly. It looks. It looks like a 200 series chopped in Australia. Like they do the GVR upgrade and they chop a 200 and put a tray on it. Mm-hmm. But I really like it because it's going to sell in Australia. Yeah, uh, definitely there. I don't know so much about here in the U.S. I don't know if they'll even offer the Ute version in the United States. I know, but the Gladiator sells. Yeah, but the Gladiator, I mean, this bed looks really short. This does not look like a six-foot bed. No, the Gladiators isn't either. Oh, is it a five? Something like that, five and a half. You can fit like a dirt bike in sideways maybe. If you put two in, you have to have to it down. Yeah. Um, but it's going to sell. I mean, it has to. I watched a review on uh, of, Aust- of Australian four-wheel drives that you could buy like new. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually get the Rams over there. Oh, really? They got a Ram 1500 eco diesel thing. They literally drove it like around town to pubs and stuff. And they said it was not rugged enough for Australian life. Wow. <laughs> Imagine what it's like over there. I've never been, but that sounds wicked. But also the Grenadier, it has to be tough enough to do that. I mean, it looks like it is. Yeah, I know it looks like it is. From everything I've read, it looks like it is. Oh, iBox making their springs. Oh, that's good. How cool is that? That's really cool, actually. Pro- progressive coil springs with shock absorbers mounted outside of it, which I like because I hate having to do all the doohickeys on the dodges and stuff when the <laughs> shock's inside the spring. It's such a pain in the ass. The um, I'm looking at the exterior bits here. You can, on the doors... Uh, not on the sill, but like over by the handles, there's like a little rack that you can like fit tools on, I guess is what it's for. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, it's like a utility belt. 
kind of cool. I mean, people strap shovels everywhere nowadays. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool it's a cool feature to have. I don't know I mean, how I don't know I how functional it'll a, be. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a novelty. It's like there's a lot yeah. of novelties in new cars, but I do like how you can get a white roof. I didn't know you could do that. You can get a white roof that's, you know, your body cover doesn't have to be white. You get a white roof. That's good. That is cool. And it's got the little windows like a Defender, which is cool. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now, actually. That is cool. I always liked those. Even in that Disco 2 we used to play around in high school, I liked them. It looks like it's almost got like a Freedom Top style thing, uh, like a JK does. Maybe it does. I didn't see much about that. I'm looking, I'm just looking at the roof line right now and like looking at a bird's eye view of it. It's got the line for it. Like the, the front part is removable. That would be like the, cool. That would be cool. That would make it more appealable, I think, too, for the, yeah, for they've the common market. Do that. Yeah, they've got to do that. You, not everyone can just sell the four-wheel drive enthusiasts because they don't buy new cars. So yeah. you got to sell to someone. Um, what do you think of the front end? That's my big question for like anyone who sees this thing. What do you think? of the styling of the front end, front bumper, grill, fender's hood, just the front clip. What do you think? Uh, front clip by itself. No, it's, I mean, attached to the whole thing, but that's what we're mainly talking about. It's like a retro styled. It's like a, they're trying to modernize a retro, a, a retro look. And it's one of those things that I think will grow on me. But what I don't like is the way the hood line looks it's almost it's very v-shaped with this yeah i saw a guy uh uh one of the guys was talking about how difficult the hood was to design Mm. because of the crash implements like you're supposed to be able to hit a pedestrian now and it'd be like a beanbag so the hood has to be you know however many inches off the top of the engine and crush at this rate and that because i guess everyone's going bowling now but, um, <laughs> he was saying they removed the covers from the bmw engines like everything they could to try and keep that hood line down so it doesn't have that big bulbous front end like the hmm. forerunner hoods are like four inches thick really oh yeah i mean they're a big cavernous airspace because you're supposed to be able to hit people wow um, so he was talking about that. I like how they did the logo in the hood stamped. You see that? Uh, they did it in on the side. Yeah. Yeah, that is rub, cool. You can't rub that badge off. You know, it'll no. never fall off in the sun. You know, it'll never get old. It's there. I think the front end, the grill, the grill especially looks like a Russian Uaz to me. You know, those old four wheel drives. Uh, I vaguely think I do. It literally looks like that, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad looking overall. I think I like, it might be it might be hard to sell in the U.S. market just because of you know what people would be using it for. Not many people are, are you know taking their vehicles off road, and they're not buying a purpose built off roader, which this I mean, thing is. You say that, but also the amount of Rubicons. TRD uh, off-road, TRD pros, and all those things that are bought in different variants of vehicles, people are buying them. Well, they also have the name behind them for you know years on end now, and I mean it's it's True. the trend, you know, like everybody wants a white Jeep Wrangler, or you know, <laughs> it, it just goes back to that like the, the whole trendy thing, 
and they they it's it's there because of that history with that vehicle whereas when you have a new manufacturer coming out you know unless you want to be you know the black sheep of the crowd which not many people do uh, want to be nowadays it's yeah. it might be tough but for different markets like the australian market how you were talking about earlier i mm-hmm. think this thing would be huge over there oh imagine selling that thing in south africa oh yeah oh, it'll sell it'll sell if you if you're buying a new four-wheel drive it'll sell it'll sell but i also think for the u.s it looks enough like land rovers range rovers and g-wagons and it's coming from europe Mm-hmm. that they could market it to the people who don't have enough money for one of those yeah well then it, it all it's dependent too on like what they're going to set their price point at because it's got a bmw power plant and it might have a very fancy interior and this and that which honestly if if it does have that nice of an interior as well people might like that a lot more here oh i think people will buy it like i don't even i think it needs to be limited forerunner status yeah to, to get that market but i think it should be like mid-range with a bit of leather just to placate people but people mm-hmm. if you market it right people will buy anything it's from europe it's new it's weird it's it's for four-wheel drive if they give a couple of youtubers free ones it, you know people will buy them like hotcakes like like a tesla you know tesla's came out of nowhere the marketing is the freaking main thing that tesla's done yeah, that's that's also very true. What I like about this thing too is that it's not like for for off-road capability, they didn't try to go over the top with technology and they kept it simple with what needs to be there and relying on what works and what's always worked in the past. So you're not worrying about like um, rear steer braking like on a new Bronco or anything. So that's oh, yeah. that's one nice feature that I really like about this thing too. Yeah, the guys literally talked to Scottish Highland farmers and asked what they wanted. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. They, they have a whole interview online of them and they were like, oh, I want this or I want that. And they were like, right, well, we'll do that. That'll be perfect for you. I'd like to see Jeremy Clarkson test one of these things out because he's got a farm now and everything. So oh, yeah, he is I bet this thing would be man. great for him. Oh, he would drive the wheels off it. Oh, he tried to break it immediately. Yeah, I bet he'd have, I bet he'd have trouble. <laughs> I bet he'd have trouble, especially on those grassy hills. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I like the idea of it. I think it could be really good. Even if it's not really good, I'm excited for however many are going to be sold here. Even like when the Defender 90 came with V8s and only a certain amount were sold, that was mm-hmm. still cool. Yeah. What also might help too is if they have limited production here, that might make it like a super hot thing for, for the market. Yeah, I, I think that's a 50-50 because then you're, then you're kind of pigeonholing yourself when you want to be the next, like, freaking first-gen Explorer Jeep Cherokee of the 90s where it's like everyone wanted an SUV and here's the perfect one. That's understandable, too. But at the same time, you still have the rest of the world to market to. Oh, yeah. I mean, where the sales aren't going to be U.S. They're not even based here. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. So if you have like some sort of limited production for U.S. market sales, it might do better because oh, you'll cool. be relying you'll be relying on your sales from Australia, South Africa, you know, wherever else. Oh yeah, I mean, who doesn't think European things are cool? That's also a good point. Like it's you can market it 
like that. Just like, this is cool. Imagine if they brought the things they get in Australia to the U.S. Well, you know, actually... I would this, sell my testicles to buy a 70 series Land Cruiser. <laughs> this, this also might be short-lived because it's yeah. only it's only being offered with you know a gas and diesel powered uh, engine it might be short-lived because everything's moving towards like the the oh. ev the ev world and that's why you have like these other you manufacturers a- like rivian who are making like this durable off-road suv and they're based here in california i think if i'm not wrong uh, you can't plug your electric car into a tree when you're off-road camping, all right? You're going to no, need a gas engine. I, I completely understand that, and I'm with you 100% of the way, but it's just all these regulations that, that are being enforced and will it's pretty, be enforced. It's pretty it's, easy. Run it on biofuel. Run it on ethanol in the gas engine. Run it on biodiesel in the diesel engine. Then, mm-hmm. boom, your carbon problems are solved. Literally, that's like compared to all this electric stuff that's what they should be focusing on is alternate fuel sources for the existing vehicles that we have you could do that to a 50s car yeah it, but no they're gonna push the evs but anyway i think in a four-wheel drive needing or it uh, four-wheel drive wise it being mandatory for it to be electric in order for it to be sold in this country is a long 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 ways away I don't know how long that might be because, I mean, we're going to start seeing it in, what, uh, 15 years or so? I mean, what are they going to put fast charging stations in Death Valley? I mean, I think that's their goal, honestly. You electricity with you, can you? Unless they start putting, like, uh, uh, what are those things called? The... Uh, like the, the the panels that go on your roof. Solar those, panels? Yeah, once they have, have like solar panels. You know like how many implemented. solar panels you need to fill up a Tesla or something's battery pack? Well, didn't they do that with the uh, the Karma Fisker back in 2012? That didn't quite work properly. You know, it's not you can't go from a depleted battery up to thing in any timely manner. Yeah, but doesn't it give you like a consistent charge, like as you're under the sun and as you're driving? Oh yeah, it, like it does. It just it does, and solar has come a long way, but you still need a ton of it yeah. to be like. You think about the fuel mileage change from driving on the freeway to driving around in low range. Yeah, like you literally have to put e chargers everywhere. That's agreed. You just it would be more frequent than when there was phone boxes. Yeah, so I I don't know. I mean, I still I still like it, and I like the concept of it. I love the, I and love I'm, the idea of it. I'm curious to see how it'll do once their like videos released, and yeah, who knows? No, you know maybe, what I really maybe like? eventually we could test drive one too. Oh, I I would I'm chomping at the bit. I'd love to just sit in one. Like if I could <laughs> see an interior picture, sit in one. I'd love to walk around one. I love to crawl underneath it. I love to do all that. I yeah. love the spirit of it. That's what I like of it. I don't particularly like the styling's all right. The power plant's pretty cool. The trans is all right. The fact that it's like a four-door SUV, all right. The spirit of a bunch of dudes, a guy who ran a chemical company with his in the in a pub called the Grenadier, so sitting there going, you know what we should do? They did it. They've done it. They've built a car. They've called it the Grenadier because that's where they were. 
and they're they're doing everything they can to be the, a startup automotive company. It's wicked. It is cool. And it goes back to that very first thing that I was saying, where it's kind of like a Frankenstein car, but that's what makes it unique in its own way and makes it cool as it is. You gotta you gotta borrow something if you're starting from nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And who, you know, where could they have picked from? <laughs> what other diesels could they have picked from, right? They could have done uh they could have stole something from the Hilux, right? But they're yeah. based in Austria. Yeah. They could have stole, I guess, diesels from Land Rovers. Uh, Mercedes makes diesels too, but those mm-hmm. aren't offered here. Yeah. So if they're trying to, if they're trying to cater to. Yeah. Well, know, they have I'm, to have it uh, be uh, emissions tested everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, Hilux off the table. You can't have that here. Uh, Mercedes diesel can't have that here. Um, what else is there? I guess the Eco Diesel from Chrysler was an Italian engine. I guess you could do that, but you know those are okay. Um, I just like uh, I feel like they're like us, and they were just like, oh, I hate V six straight sixes are better. Oh yeah, can't go wrong. No, you can't. You could package. You know, packaging on the V six is better in one way, but in the straight six with two frame rails, you just need a little bit longer hood. There you go, fits and servicing is way easier. Well, I, I like the way straight sixes work too. Like very linear engines. Yeah, and I just feel like I'm not driving a minivan. <laughs> True. That, that's just the worst thing. Is like you get in something, you're like, oh, it's a V6. You know what else has a V6? A Dodge Caravan. You know, the straight sixes sound better too. You can't. Oh, you, you can't, can't argue that. Them. Can't argue that. And it's easier to mount turbos. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean it's just it's just better. So I like the BMW powertrain. Are those BMW engines reliable? Um, they don't make or they don't sell a three liter diesel here anymore. It's the two liter diesel now. So oh, and that's four a four banger or what? Yeah, it's a four yeah, banger. Yeah. So I don't know much about the three liters other when than based, you know the older ones. Yeah, the gas engine. <laughs> The diesel's based off the gas engine, right? So uh, the three-liter diesel, yeah, yeah. Three liter, they're, they're both three liters. They're both ones just got different, yeah, yeah. Um, which makes sense because, like, since the E92s and stuff, they've been direct injected, all that stuff. Uh, anyway, um, but uh, the three-liter gas is in the was it the three forty and the two forty and all that the eyes. Yes, the Which we get those. Yes, and those are those are excellent motors. Yeah, so it, I think it's promising, honestly. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with it. I mean, BMW has mainly been on top of it with with their motors recently, and uh, it's a, yeah, it's about time. It's like Ford. The people are like, oh, the new six seven power stroke like is pretty reliable you're like yeah 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 they had like 10 years of failures <laughs> they <gotta do> something <laughs> that's true oh yeah but yeah yes. i'm excited i think that's really cool would you buy one i don't know if i'd buy one if you but like if you were in the if you needed an suv like uh you know that range rover we drove to tahoe and it got stuck in one little snowbank and went all christmas oh, tree on us i'd much rather have this i know but i'm just saying if you were in the 
place where you're like, I could buy a range or I could buy this or I could buy that or in the market now and you needed an SUV that also had nice road manners so you wouldn't buy a JL? I'd buy, I'd buy this or I'd still go back to the new Defender. The new Defenders are still really, really good. Yeah, I, yeah. I get you don't have no, I just you know, think straight I'm a, axles. And... I'm a stick in the mud for a solid axle. Um, and, but that's me. I'm not the same as everyone else. Yeah, I'm not I'm not right or wrong or anything. I just it's me. Um, but yeah, I could see that the big defender, the four door one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not bad. It's cool. And I mean, um, as a as a modern, it, it goes back to it goes back to like what this thing is going to look like on the inside and like what it's going to have on the inside. So if I'm going to be daily driving one of these things living in you know, uh, an area where I need a four by four, mm-hmm. like daily driving one of those things is going to, that's going to be an important factor for me at least, because I want to be able to enjoy what I'm driving around in. Right. Oh yeah, totally. Um, so the new defenders 50 grand base. Oh, that's what if, what if the, <laughs> the Grenadier comes in at like 34, like an SR54? I would probably pick up the Grenadier. Yeah, that's that's just insane bang for buck. Yeah, the new SR5 Forerunner is 36 7. Because at the end of the day, I still think that you can't, you can't beat a straight axle when it comes to wheeling or you like can. doing anything. You well, can if you're an ultra four guy and you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on your front suspension. We're talking about like under under 70k total. Oh, I know, I know. I'm just I'm just saying you can beat it. It's just yeah. uh, quite difficult. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this thing will definitely be a viable option for sure. What do you think about the and it'll be more reliable power? too? Yeah. What do you think about the 50 horsepower gain over the V6 of the Toyotas? In this thing? Yeah. For the petrol. Uh, I mean, more power is always better. Well, why not? Yeah. I'm, uh, I think that's quite good because, I've, you know, the 4Runner moves, correct? What, what power plant is the 4Runner is a 4-liter, right? 4-liter V6. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, but it makes sense that it's going to push a little bit more power since it's forced induction. Yeah, think about the diesel is still the same horsepower as the Forerunner, mm-hmm. but and mad amounts of torque more. So the Forerunner has two hundred seventy-eight foot pounds of torque, mm-hmm. and depending on the map of this BMW diesel, four hundred fifty-seven foot pounds to five hundred sixty-one, you could get double the torque. And torque is torque is very nice to have. You feel that in your seat. Oh yeah. Oh you yeah. Feel that in your seat. That the forerunner four liter feels like a screamer. It's probably why <laughs> second and third gear is worn out. But it needs to downshift hard to bring the thing's neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the gas one, three hundred and thirty-two foot pounds of torque. Fifty more there too. Yeah, I mean, that's not bad. That goes that goes back to the power plant, right? And Toyota now Toyota now has that deal with BMW, so it's like, who knows what the future of Toyota is going to look like for their SUVs as well? They might have to they might start putting a power plant like this 
and their forerunners eventually. Maybe eventually. I enjoy though that the uh, the forerunner keeps the standard old Toyota V6. I mean, look at the look at John's Tacoma. Look at Nick's Tacoma. I have four hundred K. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the BMW engine will make four hundred K ever. I've gotten I've gotten some pretty close to four hundred thousand miles. Well, maybe like two fifty. See, that's that's a little bit more than half. Yeah. Getting to four hundred K is like a milestone, and I don't think BMW will ever make an engine that'll do that. But that's a whole different story. That's just like, yeah. That's just like the 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 mindset of Toyota engineers versus BMW ones. Your Toyota won't ever won't win any races particularly either. Well, that's it's not what it's built for, right? No, exactly, and neither is the Grenadier. But it's nice to you know do a bit of speed oh, and yeah. uh, have a bit of speed for your hill climbs and all that. I mean, I you know I drive four wheel drives on the limit every day. Every day, three wheels, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. Uh, the Grenadier is going to weigh 5,200 pounds, though. I feel like that's not that bad. I feel like it's a lot because I drive a 3,200-pound XJ. But yeah, but you're you're a two-door 90s Jeep. I everything, know, like, think I'm about just saying, it. Everything, everything is getting heavy. heavier. This this is 1,000 pounds more than a new BMW, like, sedan. Yeah, that's crazy. It's only 400 pounds more than the 4Runner. Yeah, so it's, it's really not bad. Yeah, but I feel like the extra weight... Um, is not coming from the structure of the car. I think it's going to be the infotainment. Because how else do you add that much weight? A solid <laughs> axle isn't going to add that much weight because you still have a diff and everything in the forerunner. Yeah, that's... The BMW engine's aluminium. I can, I can agree with that. But if you do end up with the diesel version, then it doesn't really matter all that much because you have 561 foot-pounds. That's more than a bone stock 12 out. Yeah. Literally more. Yeah. That is crazy. That is cool. I like that. I like the idea of that. I like how that's going to feel. I like. Um, I'm interested to drive one once they're, I, once they're out here. I'm to drive one. Where do you think they're going to sell them? Do you think they're going to do their own dealership? They're going to do like a European thing? Mm, no, they'll, they'll start their own dealerships. You think? That's quite expensive. You don't think they're going to sell it through someone? Like how. Uh, when you buy the what's it the Alpine or whatever, um, you have to walk through a Renault or a Nissan dealer or something. I mean, I don't see them selling these things at BMW dealerships. They could. It's Maybe. not going to step on any BMW's toes. No. There's nothing for them to. Yeah, like that could be the argument. They could be like, "Hey, could we license to sell these out of your dealership?" because of x y and z and it's what are you gonna buy this or an x5 you're gonna buy the x5 if you want it like you're not gonna buy this yeah um they estimate the towing capacity at eight thousand pounds oh good. Most, yeah that's pretty good actually from a three liter i mean it's pretty good for any new suv yeah well I mean, i'm S- thinking i'm thinking like eco eco boost v6 from ford is rated at 15,000 pounds. You mean a half ton pickup truck? Well, well, yeah. <laughs> this is not a half ton pickup truck. Yeah, no, that's actually I mean a very standard 
A standard Gladiator without the towing package is 4,000 to 4,500 pounds. The Forerunner is five. A standard JLU is 2,000 to 3,500 pounds. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, 8,000 pounds, that's, you can, you can tow a good amount with that. Think about what 8,000 pounds is towing. Well, that's like, that's like, a, that's like a new boat. It's yeah, like 7,000 pounds. Yeah, very new boat. Yeah. Um, like, let's, what's like 5K? Um, oh, it's like, my, it's like putting a fifth gen forerunner on a car trailer. Yeah. That's what it's like. It's literally like doing that. And a hefty trailer at that, like a 2,500, 3,000 pound car trailer. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's like. Imagine using that to tow your race car to the track. That would be badass. I mean, that's like, if you're thinking about it, and it's going to be sold in England and Australia and all that, where the many people track day and do things like that. And imagine if you're just like driving to Silverstone in your Grenadier with your track car on the back, totally content, like, you know, way under the weight rating. You know, what's funny is uh, this guy towed his track car uh, to Thunder Hill last Monday. I think it was last Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and his track car broke. He lost what, fifth gear. What was it? E92. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. You're like, oh, the transmissions don't break. Right, mate. Everything breaks in that car. Except for the diff doesn't fall out like E46. It was a dual clutch. Oh, but- sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. The same <laughs> transmission with a bloody controller. Right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so he towed the thing there with his Porsche Cayenne. Did he track it? He ended up putting stickers on the Cayenne and started tracking yes! that, dude. Yes, all right. You can't do that with a Grenadier, but that is cool. It was so funny. Oh, the, yeah. The guy was, I mean, like, on his second session of the day, and he got so pissed off. He was like, screw this. Put stickers on the Porsche. You paid for then, the day, right? You paid exactly, for the day. Exactly. So he's like, I'm making use out of this. Oh, track time's track time. That's awesome. That's yeah, the spirit yeah. I like. I would, yeah. I mean... You drive any, whatever it is, drive it, drive it to the end. His car, his car was pretty cool though. It was a like big arrow, uh, E92M with a full cage in it. And like, he's ugh. all that and he's got a bloody DCT. Yeah. Oh, why? I don't know. It goes back to the argument that DCT was made for that car and, you know, yeah, I they, they're that. faster and it's on track, very quick, and it's like you know race car and all yeah. that crap. But it's like, you know what I want in a in a toy or a track car? Mm. I want to be able to drive the wheels off it the whole weekend, put it away, don't even wash it, take it next weekend, not thinking yep. about it. Yep. I mean, that's like a spec Miata, but you know, <laughs> it's the way it goes. <laughs> Um, I'd be interested in renting one of those spec Miatas one of these days. Let's do it. Let's go do it. I'm about it. Yeah, we just go halves on it. It's like 200 bucks a person. Dude, they are Maybe so fun. Did you go in that one when we went to that Thunder Hill track day? No, I don't think so. I've never been oh, in a spec Miata. They're hilarious. They're, they're just, it's a Miata. It's a Miata with a bunch of suspension mods in a cage and you just ring it out all the time. I was showing my dad uh, videos of of uh like gopro videos of like us being at the track oh yeah and he sees a miata like in front of us and he's like what's a miata doing on the track and he was like absolutely stunned that there he were like dead. actually miatas serious like, yeah 100 oh, serious they are great he was like what's that like 80 horsepower 
pile of crap doing on the racetrack. You ever seen a Fiat X19? 60 horsepower, (laughs) and most of them aren't around because they turn to dust. It's the uh, cheap man's Ferrari, dude. It's the 308 for poor Italians. (laughs) But they're awesome. Did I tell you? Did I tell you my dad was looking up... uh, I guess you can search how many of your specific car is registered in the U.S. Mm-hmm. 800. Wow. That's pretty low. They sold a lot here. That's like in the color that he has? No, that's all of them. Oh, Every wow. Every year from like 74 to 85, all of them. And probably less than half are still around. Oh, I mean, they might be registered. Talk about running and driving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, that's pretty funny. Uh, I don't know if it was registered or if, like, the title was still good to go. Like, you know what I mean? It's not turned into a junkyard. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I think it doesn't have to be currently registered. I think it could even be on non-up, but it's still in their system. Mm-hmm. So that means there's, like, 200 of them driving around. It's a rare car. <laughs> it is. That, that thing's cool. only need seat covers and one other thing. Oh, a radiator, a radiator. Yeah. I'm waiting on seat covers from Holland. Um, and then I need to do a final polish on it uh, to get the like swirl polish, get the swirls out from the compounding because it was wet sanded and compounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I'd like to ceramic coat it. And then yeah. it's, good to, it's good to go. I mean, then we're going to drive it. August, you better be ready. We're uh, entering in the Concourse d'Italiano. That would be perfect. Does it have reverse now? No, Imad, you don't need that. <laughs> it does not have reverse but we have massive uh, carburetors for it huge they're massive they're bigger than the engine so that's good you don't need reverse that's awesome yeah no but yeah we gotta go uh we gotta register the concos d'italiano with my dad's fiat friends we're gonna park all the x19s together Perfect. i went as a kid well not not a kid i could i think i was 15 i went uh to it to see my dad's friends there and oh that is the coolest thing you know when you go to the drink tent mm. the first thing on the drink tent list to buy a cigar oh that's awesome oh do you get a blue moon and a cigar oh <laughs> and look at italian cars oh you can't on a golf course in the monterey oh, you set for the weekend oh dude just keep keep feeding me I'm until i run out of cash you know <laughs> the the lexus booth has tents where they'll serve you like a glass of whiskey and the 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 rock that they serve it uh, serve you on is a lexus emblem oh well we've got to do that to get a picture of that oh yeah it's fancy i want i want a ferrari emblem like that though that'd be cool just I keep mean, that frozen yeah, I bet there's a whole different thing. I bet normal laymen like us cannot go in the Ferrari. One. I bet you have to be a Ferrari owner, and then you get to go in this spectacular place. Probably got a hot tub and everything, you know? If we just dress nice, maybe they'll let us in. Maybe, maybe, but probably nice. not. I don't think anyone will believe I own a Ferrari. <laughs> Ever. The Fiat guys will invite you over right away. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, that car is pretty much ready. It's uh, super exciting, honestly. I can't wait. I can't wait for Monterey Car Week. I think that's going to be super cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's the first weekend of August, isn't it? First or second, I forget which yeah. one. Um, but you got to have an M by then, dude. Well, if I'm how, talking, how are you going to cruise Monterey in a freaking Jeep? You got to drive your M. I know, I know. I'm I'm looking at one right now, and I might be, I might be going to Denver for it, but we'll see. Right. 
let's uh let's do our deal of the week talk about your m your deal of the week i feel like how many deals of the week have you done that are e92 m3s all of them i don't i don't think i've done one i thought we have maybe we just talked about them separately yeah i don't know but okay so i'm looking at this i'm looking at this e92 m i'm trying to get back into another one and this guy's asking 32 grand for it um it's a 2000 uh something like that trying to fit in (laughs) that's the same as a civic right oh yeah but way better you can't get better than an better. no one wants to sit and look at their broken down civic that's what i'm saying and i don't need no nav this thing's a stripper model so it's got no no uh i drive nav uh so it's a single hump dash Um, that is the coolest thing ever in my opinion it's got no electric seats it's like all all manual seats it's got oh, the speed yeah. cloth interior so it's got the the leather bolsters with the uh, cloth inserts in the middles um six speed manual the only option it's got or the only two options it's got is uh competition package and it's got electronic dampening control which i like and it's got a carbon fiber roof which is also good um and it's got 82 or 83000 miles on it so guys asking 32 grand for it. I'm thinking, you know, I could get them around 28 ish. Uh, Cause it still needs rod bearings and it still needs uh, the throttle body actuators done to it. But the thing is in really nice condition from the photos I've seen so far, like the trunk jams have absolutely no dirt in them. And uh, I mean, it looks like a really clean car. Um, the, the owner of it said he's getting it. He's getting it in the shop right now for, service to get it ready for the next owner and i ended up calling around a couple of other shops and uh found out where it was you know being worked on and the guy saying that it's getting valve springs done on it so that's that's a whole other discussion on its own but it's kind of making me a little bit wary of whether i want to buy this car or not um because it must have been over revved like crazy to have a valve spring break but that's my deal of the week i think if I could get that thing for the right price, you know, mid to upper twenties, that'll be really cool. I think it would be as well. Um, it's a, I love how stripped out that car is honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty thing too. Like I really like the white on it. I love white cars. Yeah. It's, I mean, you can take that white car to the track and you get a few scratches, you get a few rock chips, you get all that. You won't see it ever. You had a black one. Be screwed. Yeah, having a black car in general. I haven't had a black car since my first one, and that was the 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 SL. That was my first black car. Yeah, and now dirty a lot. Yeah, and uh, I mean it's so hard to keep black paint nice. Oh yeah, white is the polar opposite. You could do any. You could hit it with a hammer. You barely see it. The dents. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. I mean, whoever ordered that car was extremely cool. Yeah, definitely. Like the original Um, owner of that car must have been wicked sick. Like I'm pretty sure it started life here in the Bay Area too. Ah, that's cool too. Yeah, that is cool. I'm I'm skeptical about the engine repair repair, but if it wasn't for that, I would be like, get on a plane right now. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd be on a plane this weekend if. Well, so the guy who owns the shop that's working on it is going to be sending me photos of everything inside the head to, you know, see if the cams were damaged at all, if the rocker arms were damaged or, you know, if the valve seat was damaged, anything like that, or if it even bent a valve. So 
you know, I'm still waiting to, you know, get pictures on all of that. And if it looks all good to go, then I'll go for it. I mean, he's, he's already. A, uh, what'd you say? He was a dining shop. Yeah, I believe he's a dining shop. It's. Did you say uh, dining or dining or how'd you say it? I say dining. I say I dining know. as well. I've heard dining and all that. Yeah, I don't know what it actually I is. I think but... if he fixes it right, if he thinks it's worth saving, and he thinks it's, he's a what knowledgeable guy. He, you know, he's not going to bullshit you. Definitely. And uh, I mean, having the photos will will make me feel a lot more comfortable on, you know, what I'm going into with this purchase. So that, that gives me more peace of mind uh, on spending that kind of money on a car. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, labor costs out there are absolutely nothing. The guy's charging this dude 1300 bucks to do all the valve springs, which is Whoa. great. How much for the rod bearings? Well, I'm assuming they're going to be like a thousand bucks. Do them before you drive it back. That's what I'm saying. Like, while it's still in the shop, I'll just have them do the rod bearings and, you know, might as well do the throttle body actuators while you're there. Like, why oh, not? This, if this guy wants work, he just got the car that needs the most work ever. Just keep going. Yeah. So, like, I'll have him write me up, like, a nice, healthy bill and then, you know, tell the owner of the car, like, all right, knock this off the price plus a little bit more just, you know, because. And, uh, you got yourself a deal. So we'll see how it works out. Oh, yeah, we'll see. It's already, you know, if it was a running, driving, not broken car at 32K, it's already a good deal. By our next by our next episode, the audience will know whether or not this is this will be worked out. Ah, leaving them on a cliffhanger, huh? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, no, that's I'll keep them coming back. It's like the Netflix show that ends like that, you know. <laughs> um, What's your deal of the week? My ideal of the week, I forget what year it was, like 06, uh, BMW Z4 M Roadster, okay. uh, red with a black interior, no nav, again, because I don't need a, a, a what do you call it, a Nintendo DS on my dash. Yep. Uh, it's actually for my dad. He he has an 03, three liter, six speed, silver on red interior Z4 that he's owned since it had like 30K. Which is a great car, by the way. I had one of them oh, too. And they're, dude, they're the most underrated, undervalued BMW I could probably think of. That's like newer than two thousand. Like everyone, everyone's like, "Oh, it's a Miata. It's a hairdresser's car. No one wants it." And it's just so much fun, and it it's, it drives so well. It's better than E forty six, don't you think? Yes, well, honestly, yes, one hundred percent of the time, yes. It's it track performance wise, way better. Oh yeah, like the thing handles like it's on rails. Yeah, they just went nuts. Whoever they hired to design the Z4 and do that was like, right, we're going to make a really good roadster. And they did. Yeah, I mean, the three liter is extremely impressive in that thing. And to put an S54 into that same chassis, yeah. way better car. And this one was, what was it saying? 15? Uh, 15? Uh, I think it's something. I remember reading the ad. I think it was like 16. 16 yeah, or 17. I think it said 199999. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's you know for a Z4M, that's really cheap, and especially for what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Like 120k manual, of course, as with E4. It's in decent shape. It's red, which is a cool color. It's not something boring, and it's not black. Um, and you know, they only made the, the Z4Ms in six speeds. I don't think they made SMGs with them. No, I mean, you know, it's like it's like the uh What's it called? The Z8. Yes. 
that's epic too. It's like they, whoever they put in charge of roadsters built some cool stuff. Um, but yeah, that's my deal of the week. I thought it was a really good deal. Uh, I'd like to keep looking. I think it'd be really cool if my dad bought one. We're going to continue working on his Z4. Um, it's got the typical Z4 problems on it now that it's got 130K or something like that. Um, you know, the top motor broke at like 45K. Um, typical. Typical, yeah. No, I mean, you got to push it up and down with your hand, which is, you know, you could fix it, which we probably will now. The pumps from BMW are cheaper. Uh, it needs front bumper work. It's like rock chipped up to hell. And he hit a, a turkey on the freeway. So the whole front grill and that whole splash panel is gone uh, with a bunch of turkey stuck to it. Um, he had a hit and run in a parking lot where the back left quarter and the bumper were damaged, which which is epic on a Z4. You can just unbolt the quarter, which is super cool. And they do that so you can replace the soft top motor, which is like they already knew they were going to face problems with that down the line. Oh, which is awesome. You just do, we're going to get two birds stoned with one joint here. We're just going to pull the panel off, buy a new one from the wreckers, put the motor in, put the panel back on, and then the car is going to be epic. I really love the red interior of that car. And I love that it's got the little sporty package on it. It's like the best you could get in 03. It's like, you know, if you were optioning one out, that's probably what you would have done. Uh, so just little things like that. It really, really, really needs a clutch. Yeah, it does. I mean, it really needs a clutch. You can, you have to baby the thing and drive it like sub 2000 RPM to get it to not slip. Yeah, but, you can't apply any torque to that thing whatsoever or else you just rev into the moon. That's the only quote problem it's ever had. Besides BMW stuff, control arm bushings, many, many tires, because it comes with like factory Michelins that are soft compound and run flats, which are expensive. Um, But the engine is sweet. I think he did a valve cover gasket and coils on it. I mean, it's like an E46 330. You just keep driving it and it's fine. The expansion tank. Did you guys have to replace that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, And the radiator. That's the the one thing on those, those cars that are like, super prone to breaking because they're all plastic and they just oh, yeah. crack under any heat oh that's a bmw thing yeah yeah uh, the, remember when the starter went out the track day i forgot that uh no and we were pushing it you were pushing it with me oh man, yes actually <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh time to do a track day push me boom it's like riding a shifter car <laughs> that's funny yeah i forgot about no that. that's that's the deal of the week i think those are super cool cars i i'm not a convertible guy I I do prefer the the hard top coupes. Oh, the coupe Z4M I think is going to be like insanely expensive. It's already expensive, but I I think it's going to be insanely expensive. Yeah, is the coolest, sleekest looking car with the best powertrain. Early two thousand German BMW. It's cool. I couldn't agree more. And then I was showing one to. So there's this one that's. A, I think I sent it to you on Instagram. It was a blue one that was all tracked out. Yeah. Um, john sends me that one over and i was like oh that's such a good looking car he's like i think that's the ugliest car bmw has ever made oh right like, john right john no more interviews on this podcast <laughs> never allowed back on again i hope you're listening to this. no way that is that is you are the antichrist how could you say that that's what i'm saying it's like that's a good looking car what he likes mustangs <laughs> It's literally like a toddler. You at Denny's, you give them the crayons, boom, Mustang. <laughs> literally, literally. I mean, oh my God. Imagine walking out of a restaurant or a nightclub, right? 
and you're talking to girls or whatever, and you walk out and there's a red like Z4M coupe parked there, or there's some solid axle Yabo looking Mustang with 315 sticking out of the side of it and like one headlight taped over. <laughs> Which one are you going to be like, oh, this guy's awesome? Yeah, 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 Z4M. Unless you got the the yellow tint over your headlights to be more race car like John. Oh, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> I cannot believe he doesn't like the look of that car. I don't think I've ever met anyone who doesn't like the look of that car. If I remember correctly, I think he compared it to a tampon. John, you are just digging a big hole here, John. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, man. That tampon. What, you show him a red one there? No, it was a blue one. A blue one. It, the That's blue. The, it, I, okay, the think blue, it I, would be a red one. Blue is not my favorite color on that car. I do like the blue. The dark. It's like a navy blue. It's really good looking, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. I want a white one or a silver one or a red one. I like the red ones too. It's almost like a vantage. It's like a little German vantage. You know, it's like it's that's that a cool. bit of a stretch. Oh no, it's good, Ahmad. You can't you can't discount. No, I love the car, but it's a bit <laughs> of a stretch to compare it to a vantage. Those things are. Those I are like gorgeous. Those are gorgeous, but you know, yeah. so is an, an M one with the nice front yeah. bumper and the ribs in the hood. Oh, but oh. As, as exhaust. A, oh, you can't you can't stop me. As a car for your dad, the Roadster would be better suited for him just because he. Oh, he's only having... ever owned convertibles. The guy yeah. drove a, a Volkswagen Cabriolet because oh. it was a convertible. He didn't get a GTI. He got a Cabriolet. <laughs> Yeah, we used to have a couple of those back oh, in the dude, day. My dad towed an empty car trailer from Fremont to Martinez, like a two-axle rider car trailer with a cabriolet with a one-inch <laughs> ball hitch on it. How fun! It was the funniest thing pulling up. Like I was young, but I was just thinking, like that looks so weird. <laughs> but it's just my dad. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna take the convertible. I like it more." I mean, he's had that. He's had the X19. He's had the yeah. He's had an NA Miata. He's at the Z4. It's like, if it doesn't have two seats and no roof, he doesn't want it. You know what he did on that wasn't uh, a convertible? It was the 240s. Yes. Yep. Race car-wise, the 240Zs were not convertibles. Yeah. But they were cheap Japanese cars that you could track there that were reliable. So it's like the old school spec me out. It was like, they yeah, were $1,000 yeah. at the scrapyard, and his brother raced one competitively. So it's like, oh, you might as well do it. Yeah. What about a car of the week? What did you see around that was cool? Oh, well, do you do yours? And I've got a story for mine because we were actually, I was on my way to hang out with you. Um, I guess mine's going to be like a late 60s model uh, Stingray that I saw uh, on my way back home last weekend. Split I think window? It was. It, was a, it was a Roadster, so. Oh, no split window. Oh, yeah. dude, I, I think those are really good looking. Like 60s wise, E-type, yeah. C2 vet. Yeah, yeah. The C2s are it's it's such a good looking car like, oh dude doesn't it just a, make you think of like the space program and landing on oh, the moon? like an astronaut 100%. driving up with his aviators on in his c2 vet 100 percent. Right? i mean they are they are timeless looking cars and like mm -hmm. you don't see them around all that much either so it's like it's really cool when you do get to see hey, one go to a good guy's event Oh, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the good guys event. You want to see all the Corvettes, all the Camaros, all the Chevelles, all in there. Actually, people are really uh, modifying them now, which I don't know, like grand to like touring style, like, you know, autocossy. Mm. I prefer the like wooden bias by skinny tires, side pipes, terrifying. Yes. Stuff. 
I, it's too with, modern for me. With things like that, just keep them as they were and just keep them oh, up as they the were. That's the spirit. That's yeah. the spirit of it. You get in the car and you're not getting in just, you could be a tube chassis, anything with an LS and like yeah. massive wide as like Falcon as Zenus is on or something, you know? Mm-hmm. I like the shitty old good years, the shitty four speed that barely shifts and the engine with the, that you have to tickle to run. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. That is cool. Where'd you see that sack or? No, I saw that here in the Bay Area, like as I was driving back home. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, I just that's saw it cool. parked at the stoplight. It was a cool car. Oh, yeah. I mean, those are just epic. Uh, my parents' friend has a 64 blue on blue. It was actually the, the same color as that one. Oh, that I love blue. that. Yeah, I love that. It, this one, I got to drive this one. It was fun. It's, it's it. just raw. You know, the only thing I can compare it to? like sensational wise is driving uh when we worked in the body shop me and dante worked on like an 05 viper Mm. it was the guy came out of turn 15 at thunder hill hit the bump that unloads the suspension and it chucked him into the wall right he (laughs) literally walked in and said i crashed my car at thunder hill i looked at the car i looked at him i said turn 15 huh he goes whoa (laughs) yeah yeah, i know yeah i know where else (laughs) you gonna hit a wall at thunder hill um uh, it's uh, that's what i compare it to the the rawness of it yeah the way it feels on the road and the you know it's got the gear ratios and the torque you could just blip it straight off the line this one has like straight side pipes that the guy poured water through when he was a kid because it was his dad's car when he was a kid (laughs) so it's literally like loud raw clunky manual torquey and it like you know is all over the place on the street it's great yeah i love that oh it's just raw and it's cool and it's like uh it's hot rod it's muscle it's cool um so we'll do my car of the week so i was on the way to the brewery to meet ahmad and i'm driving along and i'm in a left turn lane and i'm in my crappy comanche that's like seven different colors and you know i like that type of thing i'm sitting there and on the other side of this four-way intersection is one of them sl sls right with the gold wings like the more modern mercedes the really cool ones uh so expensive now too Oh yeah, worth their weight in gold. Like Jesse James traded his race trailer for one that was like two hundred grand. Yeah, it's worth a bunch of money. So I look at the and in my head I go, I didn't say anything out loud. I'm riding alone. I go, oh, you know, SLS is cool. You don't see those a lot. Those work. You know, they're what are they? Five year old car now. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I'm sat in the light coming through the intersection. Black E28 M5. I lost it. I was like, look at that crappy 80s German car. Look how cool that is. I was just losing it. It, it was epic, like an 88 freaking M5. It was it was cool to see. It was you probably see more SLSs on the road than them M5s. That's true. Was it an old guy driving it by any chance? Oh, I don't know. I was busy looking at the wheels and the floor <laughs> everything. I was looking everywhere but who was in it. There is there's very few of those around and it could have, it very well could have been the same guy that my dad offered to buy that same car from. I would buy this car. This car was mint. Yeah, no, it was insanely clean. My dad, was, this one my was dad like, ran into an owner that was like, it was like nearing his eighties and he was taking in his E28 M5 to get smogged. And my dad comes up to like offer to buy it from him. And the guy's like, you know what? Like I'll consider it give me your card but you know he still hasn't called back but it might it honestly might be the same car i can't remember if it was black on tan or black on black i think it was black on tan but it's such a clean looking car and those things are if you want to talk about sls as being worth their weight in gold just wait for the e28 m5s they're already worth like 30k 
they're just going to keep going up. I'd love to. I'd love to own one. Like I would love. Oh, yeah. one. I'd love an E34. Actually, I like the E28, E34, E39 implants. All of them. Like not equally, but I do like all of them. I really like the E34. Honestly, it's like that weird stepchild that no one gave that much That's attention to. That's my uncle's favorite car. Is it? Yeah. Oh, he's like how old is he? He's uh, fifty nine, maybe sixty. Oh, so he's like the era of when that was like really cool. Yeah, like he was like in his forties. He was like, "Look at this. This is the M five. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. No, yeah, that is really cool. What's that movie? What's the guy? Uh, what's the guy that does that uh, treasure race thing in all the movies? Nicholas Cage. There's a Nicholas Cage. Gone in Cage. sixty seconds. Is that where the E thirty four M fives in? I thought he drove a 360 Medina. No, nothing. There's a movie Nicolas Cage is in, and he's got like a purpley colored E34 M5 with the the big dial hubcaps from Europe on it. Oh, it, it might have been the same movie just at the end of it. I can't remember though. It's like uh, some woman's driving it. They're racing through France, and they're getting they're chasing these people, and it is a cool chase scene. Like you should watch. If, if you could figure out what movie that is, yeah. you should watch that because that is really cool. Yeah, no, definite car like the month is that E28. Like that was cool with the, the exhaust on it, the taillights, the little spoiler, the little mesh wheels. It's just cool. Skinny little tailpipes on those things. It, it is a very cool car, dude. I see I really why Chris like Harris like drives one. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're awesome. I yeah. I mean, if you could, yeah, I would drive one. I would put tons of miles on one. It's just a good solid car and it's an old 80s bmw it just it'll just work oh yeah oh yeah that's a bmw that you could just get in and be like uh, i'm driving to florida <laughs> <laughs> you're not like oh should i look at this should i look at that should i plug the scanner in should i do this no just drive it it's not like the e92 that we might drive back from denver and it breaks halfway back yeah well it, this one's not quite as quick huh? no but you know it will be just about as fast when we buy a shitty you know, pickup truck and a trailer to tow the BMW back home. <laughs> oh, dude, I think that's a gold idea. I think we rent, if it breaks, we rent a U-Haul when it trailer breaks. when it breaks and in Nevada doing 140. Um, oh, yeah. When it breaks, we need to get on Craigslist by like a $2,000 pickup truck that's decent, 90s. I don't care what it is. It probably should be a full-size. Um, rent a U-Haul, put the M on it, bring it back to California. Sell it for California prices. Look at us, entrepreneurs. Oh, we're just trying to like make it home and not go broke. <laughs> but entrepreneur, if you want to call it that. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude. Yeah. So that that should be a good one. That is funny. That is great. Um, what are you gonna search for this week, Craigslist wise? I am looking for a shifter cart because I found a track magic with a T with a KZ cart uh, with a TM one two five in it. That this guy wants two grand for and uh, i don't know if people know a lot about carts but track magic was a san francisco based chassis manufacturer which i find super cool uh kind of like the <laughs> kind of like the four-wheel drive we were talking about earlier um but with an italian two-stroke yeah so i'd like to buy that i'm waiting to hear back from the guy um but i'm looking that's what I, my main craigslist searches are other than my normal searches for like dodge transmissions for manuals and random jeeps and multiple bmws yeah i mean other than other than you know continuing the search on for e92s i'm i'm gonna start looking at you know two strokes and four stroke dirt bikes again just to kind of like you have the ultimate 
you're good. No, I, I get that. I get that. But I just kind of, no, I agree. You should kind of want to like expand to like more, you know, I have the two stroke. Well, once I start getting like really comfortable on the two stroke, I mean, it's only a 125 at the end of the day. So unless I'm like absolutely hammering on this thing, like going off big jumps is going to be quite a difficult task, I feel like. So having a bit more power will help, but you know, this is all like way down the line kind of thing, but you've got to watch 90s 125 races. Oh yeah. Yeah. Watch them. You will realize you can still do that, but I do think you should have a track bike and a trail bike. Yeah. I mean, trail bike wise, KLX or KDX. I mean, I'm pretty Mm. used to those now and they just keep going. KDX. I want to buy a KDX. I love those things. A 200 KDX with like inverted forks and the cool 90s purple graphics. Zeb had one, didn't he? Zeb had one. Yeah, he sold it without telling me I would have bought it. But anyway, um, the his was literally the reason I love KDXs. I think that's the only one I've ever ridden. And that's the only one I've seen in person that isn't the later style, which I'm not a big fan of because I like like the 90s styling, Um, the 80s, 90s styling. But yeah, I would honestly... I've said this multiple times. I would get rid of my KTM 300 for a good KDX. Hmm. Not money-wise. I would get more money for the KTM and then spend less money on the KDX. But it would do the same purpose for me. Yeah. And I love them. I think they're so cool. Any 200cc two-stroke is cool. Uh, Beta has one. KTM made one back then, back in the day, early 2000s. And KDXs, they're, they're just good. Uh, if you could find a KLX though, the 300 that I have, pretty good, pretty cheap, not bad. Hard to start at elevation. Mm, yeah, you got to get the sequence right. Any four stroke, you get the second sequence right. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do that. I like the two strokes. Easy. Easy. They're just easy. really easy. How's I mean, the sale? Oh, how's the sale of the Jeep going? Uh, pretty slow, honestly. Um, no bites, huh? I. I've got like a couple people that were like interested on the Jeep pages on Facebook and they're all like, Oh, if I hadn't just bought mine, like a couple months ago, I'd totally buy yours. I was like, well, don't waste Thanks, time. Asshole. <laughs> Thanks, asshole. That's great. Exactly. I was just like, what I need. If you don't have an offer for me, don't waste my time. <laughs> yeah. Literally. I'm not trying to make friends here. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's, it's a whole Wrangler community where they're like, Oh dude, like, let me wave to you. If I can't wave to you in person on my Jeep, like, let me just wave to you online. Like, no. Oh yeah, dude. I'm just their buddy, buddy. <laughs> oh Jesus. You just need someone to buy the damn thing. Well, if, if the kids at that high school that we went to didn't graduate already, I could have sold it last week. Just you need to just post it, and, and I it's, don't know. It's I've got go. it. I've got it posted in like seven or nine different groups on Facebook right now, but I still got to put it on like Craigslist and Car. Craigs, and, you got to yeah. put it on Craigs. I don't. Yeah. I've never sold anything on Facebook. I I've sold a bunch actually. I Wesley sold a bunch too, but personally, I've never actually. I've posted a lot of stuff on Facebook. I've never sold it. I've always sold on Craigslist. Really? And I post the same thing. I'll post the same part or whatever. And I post them both copy paste ads, both and Craigslist. Yeah, I just gotta. Yeah, I'll put my Craigslist ad up tomorrow. And I then think I'll you just like get the different guys. Space. I think you get the different guys. You get less lucky lose on Craigslist. You don't get the Facebook guys who are like, "Is this still available?" Yeah, <laughs> you're Is this still know. available. Will you take four dollars in my left shoe? 
<laughs> it's like no yeah. or the guy who's like five grand and you're like okay fine and then he just never responds again he's like oh, what what did that do right yeah it's so too, it's too easy to message you know it's just when you're starting to deal with cars that you know are i'd say over 10 over fifteen thousand dollars. yeah you gotta be more your, serious too your market slims down a bunch oh yeah no one just has that you know, not many people just have that chucking around. Yeah. If you're selling a $3,000 car. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll buy it. Yeah, exactly. So slims down my audience quite a bit. But, you know, I still think that the way I'll sell this car is if I just park it on the street in Lafayette and then just put a for sale sign on it and someone will come and buy it. Yeah. Somewhere like Monte Avila Boulevard and like the Safeway parking lot near there, you know, someone will buy it. Yeah, you could do that. Uh, that will work. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, I think a Craigslist and that will do well for you. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I do, I do want the money to buy something else, and you know, it's you should do cheaper flips. Yeah, but I, I also don't regret buying the JK. Like no, the no, JK has been a lot of fun. Very fun, very cool, definitely great. But flip wise, you should do like. 328 E92s, 335Ds, like mm-hmm. all that stuff. Hey, what happened with that 1,000-mile 335D or whatever it was? I don't know, actually. I don't. Dude, I don't you were remember supposed to seeing... buy that. I know. And then no one ever ended up. It was up like 10 grand, it. wasn't it? It's like 10.5. And then. Dude, it's a brand new diesel for <laughs> 10 grand. I know. What was um... it, 45 new? Oh. Yes, I'd say somewhere around there, maybe 30s. Oh, if you could get that for 30, that'd be crazy. Let me uh let me see how much it sold for if it sold. Yeah, uh, see, I hope it didn't. I hope you could buy it. Dude, was it 1200 miles? No, 1084. Dude. It, it had literally no miles. It's not even past the break-in period. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, it's probably never had oil change. No, but that's also probably a bad thing. No, it's fine. It's done no miles. I was going to sit there, just drain it and do it when you get it. Uh, last week was the second, so it's this one. Uh, let's see. Did it sell? Uh, I hope it didn't. 335D. Oh, it did? Wow. How much? Guess. 20. 24. Jesus. Wow. Why did they MMR it at 10? I don't know. <laughs> it has here's, a thousand miles. Here's another one. It was a year newer. Yeah, right. And it had a uh, hundred and forty-six thousand miles more. <laughs> okay. Guess, guess how much this one sold for? Ten. Four. Oh, that's what you need to buy. That was a good one. That's a good one. That, that is, was a yeah. really good one. <laughs> I would drive a diesel for that. Like that is oh, a yeah. nice. That is a nice fuel efficient car. 733 miles to the tank. You can't beat that. And it's Jeez, powerful. That much? Yeah, it's powerful too. How big's the tank? 15 gallon? 16. Dude, that's crazy. We that talked about this last time. It was like 48 miles to the gallon or 46 and a half miles to the gallon. That is four times what my Cherokee gets mm-hmm. on the same size tank. Mm-hmm. Imagine stopping every 200 miles versus stopping every 700. I drove to Sacramento and back, and I need a tank of gas again. 
Yeah. No, it's 140 I'd, miles. I'd start given. itching and biting my ear looking for energy drinks if I didn't have to stop at gas. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, I wish we got manual ones, but, you know, we keep we keep reaping that. Uh, yeah. Harp, playing that harp. Huh? But uh, that wouldn't be bad. You know, why didn't Julie needs one of those? Uh, she she she's enjoying her four series. What's her four twenty eight? Yeah, that's cool. She likes that. What's she named this one? Oh, I don't know. What was the last one? The three was the three twenty eight named Kyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who names her car Kyle? I mean, my uh, sister named her car Steven. So I don't know. I, also, <laughs> what am I supposed to call mine? Tiffany or something? If they're calling that, like what? <laughs> Tiffany's a good one. That's a well. That's more of like a Chevy name. Why? Why is it a Chevy name? Well, I mean, if you got the Allison, then you got her whore sister Stephanie. Oh, it was yeah, Tiffany <laughs> Stephanie. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you said Tiff. I said yeah. I said Tiffany. That's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, similar, similar, definitely similar. Yeah, I don't know. I don't name. I don't name cars. No, I don't. I think I've only named one. What the hell did you name? I don't. Know. My last E46, that was Stella. Like oh, I like that. But I love the beer. So it's like, yeah, uh, yeah this, it's that's Stella. kind of where it came from. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And it suited that suited that car, honestly. Yeah. Stella. Yeah. Stella was, fuck, oh, we abused Stella. Dude, it's, that thing took a beating. I love an that. Car. Absolute beating. And it lived. Like it I really made it. I literally want one of those. Like that is a cool, what was that, 250K? No, that one that one had 180 or 170 oh, by the time I sold it. And then the last the one, one had 210. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that one that oh it loved clutch kicks, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, clutch kicks, highway pulls, back roads. Anything and everything. I, I still have a differential sitting for one of them, like Hold when on I buy to another that. one. Yeah. Hold on to that. I might need it. I want that. Yeah, if you end just up need the car to go with it. Yeah, whoever ends up getting one first, just throw the diff in. It doesn't matter. Dude, I pay. I don't care. But I need one of those cars. But they're harder to find that cheap. Well, I, was, I found that $1,500 one. That should have been my deal of the week. I found a $1,500 ZHP that had a manual. And the guy and never my... responded to me. Oh, okay. I was going to say, how did you not try to buy that? I did. The guy never responded. I messaged him like three times. I was like, is this still available? <laughs> Is give me your car. I will come tonight with cash and a case of beer and dinner if you want. The dude, the dude's local too. He's in Arinda and he just never responded. Uh, he probably sold that thing so fast. Leave it. Dude, Seabass would pick that thing up in the heartbeat from Oregon. He'd drive from oh, Oregon yeah. to pick that up. He literally would. Oh, yeah. Like those things are worth money. They really are. Like DHPs, people ask a lot for it, which I'm like, that's eh, cool, but get an M. Yeah, for real. Yeah, people like, are asking. People are asking like fourteen for them now. I've seen that, and I'm like, how much more is the name? That's what I'm saying. Like, just think about how much more is the name. Like, if you just save a little longer, you could, you could get, get you could get an M for the same price. I literally watched an O3 sell for fourteen grand like two weeks ago. Oh yeah, yeah, no, like yeah, but like from a normal like eight thousand dollars ZHP. Yeah. You could save a little more and get that fifteen thousand RM, which you know E forty six M's are like an E twenty eight M five. They're gonna be. Yeah. I mean, they um, already started. They're already starting. They're yeah. already there. Yeah, they're already gone. Um, you know what's not gonna be E sixties. Hmm. 
do watch one day like 30 years from now they'll be like it's the only v10 bmw you have ever to be made like on crack to think that like on a heavy amount of drugs to think that that is like a lot like i would rather own like a, a, a f430 with their flappy paddle gearbox that shits the bed all the time like <laughs> i'd i'd like to own one of those m5s just to like own one a you stick know? shift one i do too. yeah yeah but yeah, like okay. i'd never drive it because i knew i like I've never i know paid 50 grand for one like no, that's what never, i'm talking about never yeah. but like i mean you could get them for like five grand right now Dude, i've seen them yeah five six grand for smg ones yeah and it's like should we buy an smg one i mean we Half. could Half. we could it is a manual technically yes it is a manual all you just need is like a shifter so we we could go have someone yeah that's and cheap do, and we do yeah 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 and we do 200 miles an hour in it mm-hmm. and then we sell it yeah because the rock bearings are going to go by the time we hit two, 200 miles an hour oh probably while we're doing it yeah, yeah. exactly uh, let's do that and we need like a standing mile of it <laughs> i'll start looking for new ones yeah let's find the cheapest one and then do like 2500 bucks each go to a standing mile event get a slip that says 200 and uh, get rid of it. We could also uh, do that with an S class, though, couldn't we? It would take more than it would take more than a mile event to do that. You think? Yeah, they weigh a lot. The S class? Yeah, they're boats. Oh yeah, I know. But the E60 would do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the S class, you also have to buy quite a fast, expensive S class to do that. And those are still worth a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it would be that would be cool. What else? Yeah, we should do that. Let's th- let's think about that. That'd be bad. That's that's my Craigslist hunt for this week. <laughs> All right, we've set a mod in a direction. I'm like, I like hearing this. You've got a job. Let's see. <laughs> hey guys, next week a mod's gonna go. Hey, I found one for four grand. I've already bought it. Send me the money. <laughs> Great. It just needs an SMG pump. Oh, sick. <laughs> and the last two cylinders have gone, but we don't have to worry about it. You know, we'll put, we'll put hot plugs in it. It'd be fine. <laughs> Is that working BMWs? I don't know. You know, I don't think so, but we'll give it a go. Be fine. Rebuilding a can, hot plugs, two hundred miles out. Let's go. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder what that's like. Two hundred, huh? So that'd be fat. I mean, we could get there in the E ninety two. We could get pretty close. We were looking at it just a couple of days oh, ago. Yeah, one hundred ninety three miles an hour. That's what that pretty say? close. He, he did two hundred eleven with a tune. Two oh nine with a tune. Oh, poof, let's get you a tune. Or that's cheaper than yeah. Name. But yeah. the M5 is a good story, and we get to play with one. Oh, that would be a, that would oh be a great cannonball car. Think about what I just thought of. Hmm. Nathan's girlfriend's dad's M5. Well, I've been thinking about that this entire time, but he won't 90, let anyone. miles. He won't let anyone drive it, and he yeah, won't sell Nathan it. Drive it, Nathan terrified himself. Yeah, but like, doesn't it belong to Nathan now? No, I don't think so. It's well, still like, her dad's. But he sold Nathan a 540 manual for a thousand dollars. We should we should offer to buy that thing, dude. Let's just buy it. It's not that bad. I mean, uh, uh, what's his name? Fritz. Fritz uh, helped Nathan do the you know the uh, ignition modules. You know, the real expensive ones. Yeah, yeah. And all the coils and all the plugs. It was like two grand in parts. They are expensive. Yeah, but that's already done. Now we have to do rod bearings. That's it. All right, that's cheap. <laughs> we can do them easy. It's Sunday afternoon. 
maybe maybe a couple <laughs> Sundays. <laughs> We're gonna have this is gonna take up a lot of space in Ziad's shop for a while. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. gonna be well, like, "What is this thing? And why do you keep taking it apart?" We'll have we'll have the garage space this summer, so it'll be fine. Ooh, the boat will be out. That'd be yep. great. Yeah, exactly. oh, yeah, I'll just be over every night with a 12 pack. Exactly. So, how's it going? What are you doing? Working right. on this BMW, buying really expensive parts. He's not even going to be there. He's going to be so over ages. Lock up when you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, he won't be there. No, he'll just be like, no, this is too much work for me. We don't want it. No, no. Why would you buy a car that's got a blown up engine? We're like, it's not yet. We're preventing it. He's like, that makes no sense. Yeah. He'd be like, go buy an E550. You could drive him to 300K. What are you doing? Yeah, then get rod knock when you do donuts in the middle of an intersection. <laughs> well, that was a bit of an oil slosh problem, not a design problem. A little bit. Wait, after that, though, it still had rod knock, and you still did 140 miles an hour from Lake Tahoe to Reno. Yes. Yeah, see? Nothing wrong with that. Yes, the thing was a tank. You put 1540 in it, didn't you? It it down a bit? Uh, No, actually. Just oh. put 5W30 and then called it a day and then sold it. Yeah, well, it works, right? yeah whatever it was a good reliable car it was i liked it, really it. Was. that was made me like the 211 i'm looking at a oh wait no this is wrong i'm seeing a z that sold at the auction but it was a it was a z3 with the three liter oh yeah no sold for a thousand dollars yeah i think that's why they went so overboard on the z4 mm-hmm. the z3 is why yeah yeah but, you know, David Yegazarian really likes the clown shoe Z3, which I have, I like, but, you know, it's not my thing. Yeah, some people are really about that. Yeah, David just wants to be able to go, I drive clown shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Well, all right. Uh, you got anything else you want to add before we wrap things up? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think we're gonna get this rolling here by the time it's posted uh, we will know about Imad's m3 search um we'll see how that goes um after that uh, we'll be back again next week guys yeah if you uh if you have anything you want to send us over email uh feel free to email us at it's the overdrive podcast at gmail.com check us out on instagram at uh, the overdrive podcast and um yeah feel free to send us whatever you want so we could talk about it on next week's uh podcast and uh if uh if you've got nothing else to add hayden then i guess we could wrap things up yeah no just uh, give us a follow send us an email we'll talk about anything even your mom's tdi beetle uh, you know i don't hate those things they'll be all right yeah exactly but you know thank you guys for listening it's been great and uh we'll catch you next week yeah see you guys <laughs>